0: On this week's episode of A Quick Timeout, I am honored to be joined by Coach Hernando Planelles. Coach Planelles brings a wealth of experience and passion to today's show. We primarily focused on leadership and culture development, but there's so much more to this conversation. I know you'll enjoy what Coach has to say. Before we get started, thanks again to our sponsors at 323 Sports for partnering with us. This time of year, you may be in need of replacement equipment, shoes, basketballs, scorebooks, Whatever you need, the guys at 323 Sports are able to help. Visit 323sports.com to get in contact with a rep today. Hope you enjoyed today's interview with Coach Hernando Planels. Welcoming in today, Coach Hernando Planells. Coach, thanks so much for working us into your schedule.
1: Listen, I'm glad we can finally get it together.
0: Busy time of the year for all coaches. And so you just kind of go with whatever time you can get. So we're squeezing it in here today. I'm guessing that a lot of the listeners are probably already familiar with you, either from your time at Duke or uh, having heard you speak at a clinic somewhere. But they may not know exactly what you're doing now. So you want to kind of let people know what you've been up to the last six months or so?
1: Sure. Actually, probably the best way to describe it is called freedom. <laughs> it's yeah. I spent seven years at Duke, and for the last uh, six months, I've been doing actually a variety of different things. I uh, I still do coach. I coach the uh, junior. They call it the junior tall ferns. So it's the junior national team for for the great country of New Zealand. Um, we won silver in the FIBA Oceania Championship, which means we qualified for. FIBA Asia Championship, which will be later on in 2020. I think it's in Thailand or Singapore. Then I've also, I, I used to work on film on TV. So I worked on a bunch of different TV shows and, and, and movies, doing the sports choreography and training the actors. And then the other part, though, is is what I really get excited about is that I'm just expanding sort of the, the leadership work um, that I, I actually started at Duke, you know, it's it's called be contagious, and and really, it's about how we are as leaders, how we have to constantly evolve as leaders. Uh, simply because our our audience, our people, they're constantly changing and adjusting, and there's so many different voices in their head. And how how do how do we lead? Because we're not taught how to lead. How do we communicate better? How do we build better culture? So it's kind of cliche. It's kind of what. You know, a lot of people are are, are doing or believe they're doing, nice. um, but I, I kind of just take all my experiences from from the film industry, from coaching at all different levels and just life, um, being married and then divorced. So all of that stuff really comes together and, and forms. Something that uh, that eventually becomes leadership as you go through your life.
0: And that's going to be the topic of today's episode is that uh, area of leadership and what that looks like and how he's done that with those teams. And I do want to talk about that New Zealand team. I, I followed you this past summer and your team and um, it, it seemed like it was a great experience on the court and in uh, the travels that you guys had. And well, But what was it like bringing a group together like that in such a short period of time? It's stressful,
1: exciting. I mean, all all the different things that that come across. Um, I think one of the things that I had told my coaching staff, my coaching staff is is in New Zealand, and we had calls and and messages and just really culture is going to be the foundation of everything. I know a lot of teams talk about it, but we really want to make that effort. And some of it is is embedding New Zealand culture, which is strong ties to family, uh, tradition, uh, loyalty, um, all that combined with the culture of backing each other up, having um, each other's ear, head, mind and soul um, to, to bring it all together. So our, our kind of mantra or, or slogan or whatever, we, it's soul. You know, we wanted to play with soul in everything that, that we do. So it would start off with some emails. I have an app where I stay in touch with all the players. Um, I do have to do a better job of doing that. But then also just kind of putting in their mind, sending videos of what we we wanted to be, you know, who is our identity. Um, so all that stuff was was amazing. When I finally got to New Zealand, we had three days of training camp, um, about five practice, four or five practices. Then we flew over to the country of New Caledonia, which uh, I never knew existed. And I don't think a lot of us do. Um, but it's a small island off the coast of Australia and New Zealand. It's a French colony. And that's where they had the FIBA Oceana Championship. And uh, we went there, had a couple practices, um, and then we 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 played. Um, some of the things that we did talk about was, of course, you know, how do we win within within the game? Um, not so much the scoreboard. We have this no scoreboard mentality, but that means we want to be great at everything—not just our presses or our matchup or our plays. We want to be great on the bench. We want to be great at encouraging each other. We want to have energy no matter if we're on the high end or the low end on the scoreboard. Um, those are the little things because it all of a sudden it brings in um, joy, it brings in a positive uh, energy and, and it gives each member of the team purpose, which, you know, usually it's one through seven who play, you know, you got 12 players on the team who are coming from everywhere and, and you've got to give them that purpose beyond just the, you have to play
0: hard. You have to do this. It's, Purpose, its legacy, its its longevity, it's it's what we're trying to do. Did you feel like even within that short period of preparation that you were spending more time on culture than you were even X's and O's?
1: Yes, Um, because this is how it it, it kind of worked out. Um, We have a system of play which is really not that complex. Which really, it's a little drive and kick. It's moving with the ball. Really, a lot of spacing, kind of like what a lot of players are doing now. Um, And we had three set plays. And we had two baseline out-of-bounds plays. And the funny thing is, I've, my assistants are great. And one of my assistants, when I came over, she was super excited. She says, you know, they, they all call me H. H, what, you know, what are we going to run an offense? I'm saying, well, this is the simple movement. So I showed them that. I'm Then to show them our three set plays. And then she says, what about our out-of-bounds plays? And I said, well, I said, you know, we're, we'll get to that in a few days. So every day she asked me about baseline out-of-bounds. I asked me because she probably saw in some clinic about, you know, you gotta steal points from out of bounds play, which we all do. So 15 minutes before practice, on the third day, she was like, H, do we have a great out of bounds play? I said, Yes. I said, We've got two great ones. And she said to me, "Oh right, well, well, what are they? Did you get them when you were at Duke or when you were in the D League? Or 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 where where, where where'd you get them from? I said, Well, actually, coach, I just was on YouTube ten <laughs> minutes ago and I pulled two really good ones off YouTube. So that that I told that long answer to answer your short question, which is yes. Um, so we spend about um, about an hour, hour and a half every night on culture. Now it, it may not be altogether one hour. It's maybe 15 minutes here, 20 minutes there. They all have a little notebook. I encourage them to write in it. I encourage them to talk with each other. And I also encourage it being player led more than I lead it. So I may say a couple principles, a couple things they discuss. And then they have to actually talk about it in real life terms. What I've noticed that a lot of young people are very smart. You can give them something and they'll tell you an explanation for what you want to hear. Mm -hmm. But when you're able to go ahead and say, okay, I love the answer, but how does that apply to your life? Or how has what example in your life has it applied to? Then they really have to find the deeper meaning. They end up finding their why without a coach ever asking
0: the why. With that short preparation at the beginning, did you feel underprepared or were you not worried about that because you were more focused on bringing them together as a group? I really wasn't that concerned. I, I think that as
1: coaches, I believe that we overprepare. And I'm not saying overprepare is not is, is a bad thing or wrong. I'm saying I think sometimes we could psych ourselves out of something. Now, that means as a coach, I've got to understand if we're if we're at that middle point and and it's more like a feel it's more like of what can your players handle what can't they handle and what can they gravitate toward mm-hmm. and i believe that culture is everything on how you play and how you are in team meetings and how you are in the locker room but i also do believe that culture is a collaboration of what they have done when i say they the players what the players have done already what they have been coached to do already, and also collaboration on what my beliefs are as a head coach and the assistant coaches. Mm-hmm. So I hear a lot of coaches talk about drastically changing the culture. And yes, there are times where it needs to be, but sometimes we find a great part of the culture gets shifted because of the collaboration of the two cultures and of human nature entering in it. So it was sort of just a push and pull effect, if that even makes sense, Like understanding where they were coming from, how they're doing it, but here are our standards
0: and this is where we have to reach to. How did you go about finding what they valued, what you just talked about in the amount of time that you had with them? Because I, I know there are some coaches that are maybe they just got hired and they're trying to to find out more about their players and get to know them as quickly as possible. But how do you do that in such a short amount of time?
1: Yeah, so a lot of it came from spending an enormous amount of time of getting to know them as people. And when I say enormous, I'm not talking about two hours with each kid. I think it's about 10, 15 minutes. And you could really gauge where they are by asking them a few questions. So when you always ask about their family, you could always see by their body language and how much information they give on the type of person they are. So if someone talks about their family a lot, you can tell they're very proud of it. They, they, they love talking about it. It also could mean that they're really coddled in many ways because there's more of a friend relationship. You have other players who may not say a whole lot about their family, but there is a sense of pride. Now, some of it is a cultural thing, but some of it is also because they're not very forthcoming with information. So that means You got to ask them just a little bit more, but you also have to like be aware of it. It really is about, it it is about, you know, everybody talks about like being present with your players. Like you have to be present and if you're present, then you could realize things, but it's about noticing the player. So when you notice the new shoes from your player, when you notice maybe something they're eating, when you notice that they're happy or notice that something is bad, then all of a sudden you could find the questions that are going to give you more answers, and, and we did it pretty well. I, I was trying to teach my assistants how to do it as well, too, because sometimes as coaches, we just ask how you're doing and we get no answers from it. But it's, it's, it's noticing what's going on. So once you notice, once you're able to, then you're able to, to ask more questions. And then what I do is I have a personality folder of every single one of my players. So whether I talk to them on the phone, whether it's a text message I receive, um, whether it's a conversation, um, I just write down little notes of things that I notice. And then you're able to go ahead and kind of wrap around how to work. You're able to wrap around how to work with, with that player. So everything, you know, I ended up having a personality folder for every single player. And I will take notes, whether it's, it's a phone call, a text message, uh, whatever sort of communication. So I write down and really on this personality folder, it's, it's, it's like an empty black, blank page. And I just write. Um, and it could be one word, it could be 35 words, could be whatever. But then this way, I'm able to formulate what is the best way to work with that with that athlete. And it doesn't mean you treat everybody differently. You just have to be more aware of what are triggers of that player so you could effectively coach them in that short amount of time.
0: I would guess, too, that this allows you to kind of identify maybe faster your leaders on the team. Is that accurate?
1: Absolutely. You're, you're able to find your leaders. You're, you're, you can find out who are your your con artists, uh, and I mean that in the best way possible, playful way. But it, it just you're able to find the people you know who may not be type A, but they may be able to be tremendous on the court. They may be type A, but are more of an instruction giver than more of an effective player. Mm-hmm. So you're able to go ahead and find out what works, what does work in in that short amount of time.
0: I do want to focus on that topic of teaching leadership. This is something that we're going through with our program and with our players. And I know other coaches are here at the start of the year, especially when you graduate a lot of players or lose players, and then you have a new group and you're trying to find who your leaders are. So, when it comes to just teaching leadership in general, do you have any thoughts, suggestions, anything to help coaches?
1: I think the very first thing, I think that the top of your team, organization, business, whatever, really has to define what leadership means for that program, and for that person. Many times, uh, leadership is never defined. If it is defined, it may be mentioned once or twice. It may be a, a logo or a slogan in a locker room. It could be any of that. But the reality is that our players, our people, have no idea how to lead, right? They will lead, communicate the way they were led and communicated to. So when I hear a coach says, well, you just need to be a leader. Well, you're the leader. You're the captain. You should lead. That player has no idea what that means for that program. right. So that means you're talking about maybe a, a, a young player is taught at home to be very like loud and with name calling and, and just being really hard on the people around him. Well, that – That player is a product of that environment and they will take that environment into the team environment. And and I think everybody has to have their own definition of leadership and what it means to the program. So once, once that is kind of dictated at the top, then it's how are the assistant coaches, the team captain, the players, how is that going through the veins of the team and how is it always being brought back up to the team throughout the season? Perfect example would be this. After every game, no matter how great or bad a young player plays, when they call mom and dad, mom and dad will always say, baby, you did a great job. You did your best. Very proud of you. Right? That, that's what mom and dad are supposed to say. But the in, the immediate response from that player should be, mom, dad, I love you. Thank you so much for watching. But to be honest, I played horrible. Hmm. I could have done this. I could not done that. What that is is personal leadership. That, what that is, that means a player is following what the team's mantra for leadership is. So, so and how that works to the bigger picture is that when that player can finally say that to their parents, understand that they could be better, then now all of a sudden your leadership is growing because your culture is growing. So that's just one example. Of course, there are many others. And if a player can go ahead and talk to their teammate – you know, if one player could bring up their teammates to be better, if they go shooting, whatever else it is, all of that stuff counts.
0: Have you ever had a situation where the leaders on your team are just a different personality from either you as the head coach or the coaching staff? So what I mean by that is a lot of times coaches think that they're the ones that are outspoken, they con- they confront when there's a problem, and you have leaders who just aren't like that. Right. If so, what do you do in a situation like that?
1: You know, it's always... Uh... I get this a lot from coaches and, and, and CEOs on businesses, right? They they always say the same thing. They'll say things like, you know, my, my best player is the quietest one or my best performer just doesn't say a whole lot. They just go and work. And I know coaches who will always say, including myself, like, Hey, you've got to be vocal. You've got to communicate, right? So if someone is not vocal, the coach must notice when they are vocal What are the times they are vocal? What are they saying when they are vocal? And what are they saying when they're not vocal? Right. And again, that comes back to the whole noticing part. So the coach's job is to encourage that young man or young woman to be vocal. But you have to explain how to be vocal. That means you have to show them like, hey, you know what? You do it in your way. You do it because you show you're around the players. So you know what can make an impact. When you ask your players what is going to make player A tick, player B tick, player C tick, they will know. They will know because they spend more time with them. So a coach has to trust it a little more. I know for coaches it's hard to trust. I get it. (laughs) We're all damaged. That's no problem. But it's like constantly massaging and telling Okay, I want you to picture this as well too. Your player is going to come into your program. You're going to explain to them one time what leadership is and the moment they don't, they're not a leader. This is what we all say. Well, I talked to you about being a leader. I told you what, how to lead this team. I told you, I told you, and you're not doing this. You're not doing this. You're not doing this. Guess who the coach sounds like. Hmm. They sound like the same environment that they came from because hmm. parents, grandparents, Cousins, we all say the same thing. I said it to my kids all the time, you know. So if you change your tune as a coach, then you're gonna you're gonna get a different reaction from it. I know I make it sound so easy. It's not. It's a year long process. It's a reason why four year players learn how to lead. They learn how to be uh, uh, more mature and better with it. So it does take time. But I'm encouraging coaches less nagging,
0: more teaching. This is the kind of the last major question for, it, and it kind of summarizes all that. You started with this, so I feel like we're coming full circle with it. But just that idea of, you know, be contagious, what does that look like for a coach? I, I think you've kind of alluded to it as we talk through this just the consistency in your behavior, um, bringing it every day. But like, what, how do you define that? And what should that look like to a coach?
1: I think it's, yes, it is the contagious energy. First of all, when I came up with be contagious, everybody thought it was like a common cold. And I was like, well, I mean, yeah, that's one way to look at it. But, you know, first of all, it shocks people, right? Like you got to be contagious. First of all, half of them are like, well, what does that mean? And now when you explain to it it's about having that contagious energy that, that contagious behavior that contagious accountability that can spread all over your team, your family. but just like anything, it could be bad or it could be good. it could be positive or negative. so taking just that and and being contagious it's how can I and and to me that's that's leadership right I think leadership is about making the person next to me. Just a little better than yesterday. It's affecting them. It is infecting them with joy and, and competitiveness and fairness and, and all of those things that we talk as coaches. So once you're able to, to get through that and once you make it so simple, then all of a sudden it's it starts to build. You know, I, I always tell, I always like share with leaders and, and captains and, and I still work with teams and business and everything. I said, listen, you, you got to try this, but we're human, so we're flawed. But if you can go ahead and follow the advice you would give other people, all of a sudden, your culture will be stronger, right? If you can follow the same advice you would give other people. So if you're telling your players, I'd like for you to go ahead and do this, you also have to kind of follow that, that advice, which again is hard, right? It is, it is extremely hard. And I know in no way I'm very successful with it. I keep working on it because we're, we're all trying to do it. But it's coming back to that um, how can I bring energy to, to other people? And this is the easiest thing you could do in life. All right. When you are at the supermarket, whether you're at Starbucks, whether you're at the, whoever else it is, if you're able to empathize with that person and try to understand what they're going through, a simple smile, A simple high five, a simple, hey, how you doing? Brings that energy level up, All right? So we could do that with other people. So why can't we do that with the people who are in our lives every single day? Mm -hmm. And and that's what I I strive to do. You know, we we all have our low moments. We all have our downtime. I get it. But if we are humans, which we are, and if we are in the spirit of giving, And serving. And we could give and serve to others. Then all of a sudden, everything gets bigger and better and and just more grander. And your team will be better. Your relationships will be better. Everything. So I know, again, these are long winded answers. But That's really what it comes out
0: to. I'm just reminded of the thing that we often preach to our players. We say that it's about attitude and effort. And like you said, we typically are quick to preach it to others and very infrequently listen to ourselves, give that advice. And uh, so we end up just moping through or complaining about things. And I think especially this time of year, what you just said where it is a time of year of giving and being thankful that those two things can go a long way in changing our outlook and our perspective and our joy level that you just referred to.
1: Right. I, I no. you know, I, I try and share this and I'm always reminded, right? We, we really are put on this earth for a purpose. And so many of us are, are searching for that huge purpose, but there are many purposes along the way. And, and when you start to understand that you really are chosen, and you are chosen to be great in whatever field or whatever you do. You could be you. You could have been chosen to be great by how you wake up in the morning, right? That, that's how small everything can be. Once you start to realize, and once you start to live through that every single day, no matter what's going on, then all of a sudden, your faith is is stronger. Your grace is bigger and better everything happens for, for, for great things. And, and I, and I, I get it all the time. Like, well, H man, there, this is going on in my life. I'm divorced. I have no money. I'm unemployed. I have this, this, I get it. I, I get it. I go through it. You go through it, but just changing. If we have that little contagious attitude a little bit, all of a sudden things aren't as bleak, right? We, we get to see it based on our lens, what we see through our eyes. And if you could see everything just a little better, that's great. And I'm not saying that everything is Disneyland. I'm not saying it's Disney World. Like, I'm not saying that. I- I'm just saying, like, hey, it could be worse. It could be bad. But it's not. You know, God lets you wake up this morning. You're winning. You're winning.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad I could do that. I hope others, those that are listening are encouraged as well. Uh, be contagious. You definitely live it out. I have uh, experienced it firsthand. If you want some excitement and some energy, then spend some time with Coach uh, Planels. Coach, before I let you go, uh, you want to tell listeners about anything that maybe they have you have coming up that they might be interested in or even just simply how they can connect with you on the web?
1: The first thing is I do a leadership conference every year at Duke. We're going to be year six. Uh, It's going to be May 26th. I think it's Memorial Day. Whatever Memorial Day weekend in May, that's what we're going to do. And then a week after, um, we started one in Los Angeles this past year. So we're going to do one again next year. And moving up is actually moving up started as a place for just assistant coaches to learn how to move up in their career and is really developed into more of a leadership communication um, culture revival, I like to call it. Um, so, so I'd love invite all of you, uh, for you to do it. I, I also still, I go speak around the country. I speak with teams, I speak with businesses and, and just, you know, with my relationships of life, but also, um, the people that I've worked with, I've been very fortunate, obviously to work at Duke for seven years. So I've seen the women's program do great things. I've seen coach Kane's program do great things. I've been kind of surrounded with that on how to lead and how to build a culture on that end. Um, you know. I talk about coaching in, in, in the, in the D league or G league with the Celtics organization and how I learned, you know, through different things with them. And I think, like I mentioned before, I've, I've worked on movies. I've worked with Adam Sandler, Samuel Jackson. I'm not name dropping here. Everybody saying like people all have personal leadership and you could really live through those stories. Um, And, and, and that, and that, and that's what I try to share. I, I try to get that and to get our young people to understand that, that they are doing great things, and how you could help your whole life just by by leading effectively. So I do that, and I'm just around. I'd love to chat or help anybody. Um, I, I mean, you could really just Google Hernando, comma basketball. I'm the only Hernando probably in basketball all over the world. Um, I do have a website, hernandoplanels.com.
0: these episodes drop on Monday and you have provided the Monday motivation that we all need. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, man. Just really quickly. If you haven't heard yet about anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast to Spotify and Apple podcasts and other platforms. So your show actually gets heard. You can even make money from your podcast, no matter the size of your audience. It really is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That'll do it for this episode. Be sure to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already and share the podcast with your coaching friends to help us grow the game. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again at the next time out.